Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we have an OG on the podcast. We have the one and only Theo Bowie. Uh, this was the original co-host of the, at the time, the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, where it was Theo and myself, um, which later turned into the Boom Boom Performance podcast. Um, we did part ways, but we've remained friends. He was at my wedding. We've been in touch. And so every once in a while, he comes back on. And it was funny because we've had multiple requests, like really recently, about having Theo back on the podcast. So it worked out pretty well. But he came through the spot. We did a cool interview. We touched on some things that have been going on in his life. We touched on our story together, what we've learned from the Iron Game in the gym and training and some old, uh, just reminiscent on old stories about fitness and nutrition. So I think you're going to get a lot of really just practical information and just guidance in this podcast, just hearing the experiences of two individuals who have been doing this for almost a decade um, and who have watched each other grow throughout the process. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. Before I let you listen, make sure you do me one huge favor. Take a screenshot of this episode, head over to Instagram, post it on your story, tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom and tag Theo at TheoBooie. Both of those will be in the description of the show notes. We want to see who is listening to this. We want to thank you for listening to it. And we want to share it on your, our story as well. All right, without any further ado, Let's get on to the episode. Fuck, I hope that can't be heard. I can't wait for the construction to be done. I've heard that these are uh, noise like cancellation. It's pretty confined. Yeah. confined. <clears throat> I was doing a podcast in Arizona, or not Arizona, San Diego. I was just out there, and we, the guy had these, and we were outside, and there was like people walking and stuff, and then when you listen to the, the podcast, couldn't hear shit. Yeah. So. I mean, it's essentially like a boom mic, but it's yeah. just pointed right at your, yeah. at your mouth, so. They lowered the price on these two, thankfully. I had to, because I had to get two more. Because it was funny, because so I got it, because you remember my, my old mixers up there, it just had two mic things, remember? So on this one, I got one that had four, but it still only has one headphone jack. So I bought two splitters and put, or not three splitters. I put a splitter, two splitters into a splitter <laughs> just to get all the headphones going. And it works. Dude, I would have called Travis and been like, yo, help me out, fam. I yeah. Can't. Oh, I did. When it comes to this, oh, okay. <laughs> he just sends me links and I just click order. Dude, I would have tried to figure that out and passed out for sure. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you remember how it was? Mode. We used to just when Michael was helping us, we would just walk up to the podcast and yep. just start talking. Yeah, because we don't do any of the other stuff. And it was funny because, actually, speaking of uh, that, somebody commented on. So we started putting the podcast episodes on YouTube, and somebody commented, literally, the day after. You and I were like, okay, Thursday this time. She goes, will you please have Theo back on the podcast? Really? Like for an episode? <laughs> I'm an OG listener. Yeah, that's and funny. Like I miss those days, and I was like, Damn. that's what's up. I miss podcasts, man. I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't really done it. I mean, I've been guests on, but like you know, as far as being 
regular and yeah and you know doing it like we were doing i, I fucking miss it so well shit now that you live pretty fucking close yeah come through more absolutely it's we got we got a place to do it and to me it's one of the the most fun forms of content because it's just like it's the most raw form right like i think there's a lot of there's a lot of fake people on instagram and i think that comes to no surprise but it's really easy to type something up and to like curate information from other places. And granted, I do that too. Like I'll make a post talking about several topics and I curate from different researchers or coaches that I follow and I create my own take on it. But to be able to sit and talk and articulate something in your own voice, I think like says a lot about a coach and the knowledge they have versus just being able to type something up. Right. Cause I can edit that as many more times or less copying, pasting, which exactly. is That's a, what I'm saying. a lot of, you know, yeah. So, yeah. I feel it. But no, I love the podcast, man. It's uh it's cool too cuz we've been we we talked about this yesterday on an episode we recorded about like the journey of of my business and one of the things I brought up was podcasting. And I used this as an example at the event I was speaking at was like we started it as Facebook Live Q&As in the yeah. garage yeah. of me and Travis's place in yeah. Renton. And then somebody commented and was like you two should have a podcast. And we were just like yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we just well, that it. was, I think that was, I mean, podcasts were, they were listened to, you know, Rogan had his, yeah. but that people were still calling it radio, you know, mm-hmm. saying that, you know, you guys should have your own radio show. Yeah. And they're like, shit, you know, well, we both listen to podcasts. Let's start a podcast. And yeah. Yeah. That was, and I, I wasn't even, that wasn't even on my radar. So it's, it's, it's funny how things like that sort of just happen yeah. because, you know, you were doing Facebook lives and, you know, you were just trying to, you know, give I, I really like your following, um, you know, uh, uh, a little bit more value. Um, and then it was like, man, you know, like, could you help me out, you know, come out and, and, and um, you know, we can just kind of shoot the shit and, and, and talk fitness. And then from there it would just, you know, it, it kind of evolved and, and it was real. That's what I think that I was really excited about too at that time was, was like, man, like, you know, this is a really great way to reach not just the people who you coach and who you train and and uh, uh, but like just other people because then you start seeing people tag and 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 share it and like, man, like I never thought of these concepts this way, and then the entertainment aspect of it too. Like I think that's why um, you know a lot of people love watching podcasts and and not just listening to them but watching them on youtube yeah. you know um is because it, it provides some entertainment there's there's a face to the voice and um you know people can en- en- engage with it more so uh it's just it's it's it, i i would say that if somebody is isn't doing it and something that i've uh really really been considering getting back into as well um but I, I would say that if somebody's not doing it, um, you know, just to jump into it. it, it's it's one of those things I think that a lot of people hold themselves back from from doing anything because they're like, man, like, what's my niche? I don't, you know, I, yeah. I really don't have a niche. The thing with podcasts is you can literally just get on if you have a personality in any way, right? Or, or if you're likable, yeah. And honestly, I think podcasting makes you more likable right. because it gives you a chance to start like kind of finding your voice and finding your personality. But I remember when we first started thinking like these dudes are they have huge podcasts like what are we doing stepping in the game and i think that's what a lot of people go through is like why would i do a podcast these podcasts are huge imposter syndrome yeah but it's like who cares like just do it because we were just doing it just to provide value anyway so we were like fuck it man i even remember the conversation being like worst case scenario our clients listen to it 
Yeah. And at least they learn more yeah. and we'll retain our clients better right. because they'll be happy and they'll right. be learning. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. And then that just kind of catapulted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. People still bring up old episodes too. Like even just, you know, my own, my own clients, um, you know, talking about different episodes and, uh, specifically like when it comes to like mushrooms and, yeah. and shit like that, you know, people still <laughs> bring that up. That's my, <laughs> my mom. Every time, every time <laughs> podcasting gets brought up, she's like, I hope you're not talking about <laughs> stories about <laughs> mushrooms and stuff like that and i'm like hey yeah that was deal i'm still <laughs> a big fan i'll let everybody else know <laughs> i said i was like that was not in case me. you guys forgot i'm still a big fan that so. was hilarious <laughs> but i think that's like the good like and i try to explain it and it's funny because like even my grandma i was trying to explain to her and i was like it's a radio show and i can picture her in her head thinking of what a radio show uh-huh, looks like uh-huh. and i was like it's not but it is but that's right. the only way that they get it but like trying to explain to to like that generation or even just like my parents of like like being raw and authentic is okay yeah like i've even had people like respectfully ask me to curse less because their kids yeah. are in the car yeah and yeah. i'm like i said it on the podcast today i was like i totally get it because i'm really working on that around my daughter but i also can't like filter myself from being real yep. and sometimes shit just comes out yeah literally I mean, yeah but i think that's the power of podcasting is it is so authentic it's so real um and i think like that was one of the coolest things about like when we first started was just, and not enough people do this. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but like kind of being a student of the game and uh, like, there's a lot of times where I, I'm like not motivated to train or like, I even yeah. think about like, man, I'm like, I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing for the last decade, almost like just training and coaching people and training and coaching people and just reading and studying. Like it's the same shit. But every time I get that, like, uh, that feeling in my head of like staleness or anything. I just like, I literally think back of like when we were going to school, when you were training with me and then we were training in the gym and then we would have those late night sessions. Like I literally think about those old times of being like, man, I just love fitness and I love nutrition. I love this game that the money doesn't even matter. And it's just being able to provide value and sharing my story. And that's how it all started for me too. Is like the blog, even our podcast, it was literally just about like, let's just share what we're doing. Because when we started podcast, online coaching wasn't really a big thing. It was just kind of like, let's just do this, dude, and see what happens. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I I think that, and I totally get it because, you know, I, I kind of go through these these ups and downs, as, as I'm sure everybody does, right? It's just, you know, human nature. But um, it's it when I when you just were talking about that, I thought about the the text that you sent me yesterday, right? And how I was like, man, like, you know, just because we only have so much time. So how, how do we want to use that time? Do you want to train here? So, um, and at first I was like, you know what? Like I can kind of go either way. But then I was like, man, like where did it all start for us? Yeah. Right. It was training. And so I was like, man, like let's, let's take it back to where, yeah. where it started. Right. Let's, let's definitely get a training session. in. That was funny because I, I, I saw all the texts at once, but then, cause I, did, I came back to my phone, but when I like swiped over to see the times, you could tell it was like a few minutes later, like you thought yeah. about it and you were yeah. like, no, fuck that. Yeah. Let's train. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, and, um, it, there's always a time for, you know, self-reflection and, and I know that that kind of gets beat in the head now and nowadays, but for a good reason. Um, so, you know, when you do feel, uh, when, when you do feel like that, or for me, um, anyway, you know, I try to think about like, okay, you know, try to run through those, uh, emotions and thoughts of, of, you know, why, why am I feeling that way? You know? And like, at, at first I'm like, man, like I shouldn't be feeling like, mm-hmm. of course you should like, 
that's just human again nature. that's part of me being, being human it's just um you know how how you deal with with different things and, and there there might be there might be different triggers and that's why it's important to extract that information and then have something to uh you know almost like a protocol to where um you know you have that in your rep- repertoire to be able to be like okay you know what um, you know, and, and, and a lot of, of, of what gets thrown around now is auto regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a perfect opportunity, right. To, to auto regulate, right. Maybe you just don't have it in you to go a hundred percent in that, in that training session. And that's why your body or your, your mind is telling you, mm-hmm. right. Hey, maybe we need to back off a little bit today. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So there's the, and that's not the only reason, right. There's so many different variables to it, but that's kind of how I approach things. I almost feel like, that is the most important essential tool that a coach can have these days is the ability to auto-regulate, not only for themselves, but for their clients too, right? And, and um, you know, because I have people come in all the time like, man, I'm just not feeling it today. You know, yesterday Steph came in after work and she has like an hour since we moved. She has like an hour or 15 commute, Fuck. right? And uh, a lot of that is just stopped and go stop and go stop and go so where's their office in factoria so that's 30 minutes just to Mm -hmm. get from renton to factoria you know so for her like mentally she's just fatigued and she's in oral surgery so it's like you know she's got that stress of of working with uh you know working with people um in that realm and then you know to come to the gym and and get our daughter um you know, she's, she's mentally spent and she was like, she was about to sleep on the couch with a bunch of, you know, a gym full of people. And then she got up and she like did some swings. She did some push ups and, and some other stuff. And I was just like, Hey, just keep it explosive and just keep it short, like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, see how you feel. And she was like, man, I, you know, I feel a lot better. So it's just little things like that. Right. And, and especially in a, a major metropolitan city, like, like Seattle or the greater Seattle area, um, where you have people who are literally working and then going home and going to sleep and then that's it, you like know, maybe a, a little gym time. Yeah, a little gym time. Um, they're going to be going through that same stuff, right? So, um, and I won't name any names, but, you know, we both work with, so we both collaborate on working with, you know, a specific client who literally has not put sleep as a priority, and one of the 90-day outcomes that we set for this individual was, hey, you're going to get X amount of hours of sleep. Yep. <laughs> right? And we're going to do less in the gym, which has been like a two-year battle of, of getting that individual to do less. And it's making to do less. progress better. Right. <laughs> we're right. watching that happen. And I think it, that, w- that one was funny because I remember sharing with them. It's like, it's funny because I just finished my 90-day outcomes and my goal was seven hours of sleep a night. And on the days I couldn't, I had to make it up. So it was always 49 yep. hours a week. Yeah, Dude, I felt night and day different. Yep. Like literally like look leaner, started lifting heavier. I was more productive at work. I, I, I first really noticed it when I started getting done with work early and I would almost feel guilty. Like I got to do something. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no, you know what? Like I'm done. Yeah. I'm being fucking productive. Eventually yeah. I filled that time up. But, um, I think that's one of those things where you have to like kind of take a step back to take 10 yep. steps forward. But I like the auto regulation point too, because that's something since I've, uh, left being right next to you doing a lot of things I've used reps and reserve RPE auto regulation of really just life in general with clients myself so much. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
when we started, there was so much percentage focus. Like yeah. it was like, man, the paper says 90% yeah, today. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're lifting 90%. Right, and right. there was plenty of programs where I, I remember calling week three of a program depression. Yeah. Like just straight up. Week three depression. Like, yeah. You're just like, you're just smoked. Yeah. Like it's just bad. And, and realistically, you don't need to go to that point. But, and I'd like to get your, your take on this. I think that it's important to do that because it teaches you how to auto-regulate. I see a lot of people that talk about auto-regulation or RPE and they're like, this is a good philosophy. You shouldn't go all the way to failure and stuff. And it's like, you don't even know what failure is like. Right. So you can't tell me how close you are to right. failure because the reality is you sometimes you do have to get close enough. Yep. But stay further, far enough, far enough away to recover. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't ever fail. They don't ever max out completely. Like I remember doing uh, trap bar deadlift. Put your body weight on the bar as many reps as you can unbroken. Like doing sixty six reps in a row and just like falling over. Yeah. It's like it's not good for you. Yeah. But the knowledge you obtain with that, the experience and just the grit, I think of just. Being able to grind through those reps, I think, right. teaches you so much right. for, for future programming. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it for as far as maxes go, too, you know, like I rarely have anybody go to – and it's like once a year. Yeah, like a one rep. Yeah, like a one – or even even a, even a three rep. Yeah, yeah. So it, – and it really depends on the individual as well, right? If I, if I know somebody if – I, if I know somebody is not there as far as form – right? Like even just on that first rep on the setup, right? Like they're just not getting it. We have to spend more, just more time doing that. And I'm not worried about how much they're lifting, mm -hmm. right? Like I know that the human body is, is capable of lifting more weight than that individual is, is currently doing. Yeah. I, I know that, but I'm not going to compromise. Uh, I'm not going to compromise form and, and risk this individual, you know, getting, severely injured right and and truth be told that that can't happen so um you know and, and for me personally in the last i'd say almost two years i don't have an exact date of when you know i started doing it but like i don't even deadlift from the floor mm -hmm. anymore right like the last time i did was probably a year ago um and it was at 60 percent for speed so it's uh, funny. I don't think I have either. So like, it's just, it's just not worth it. But so, I think that's like something me. a lot of people have like an ego and like, I, I literally had a conversation with this, uh, with a client a few weeks back cause they were like frustrated that every time they pull, I'm like, why aren't you just pulling off plates? Right. Well, that's not a true deadlift. And it's like, what? Yeah, it is. Says who, yeah. And, and especially because this individual was tall. So I was like, I pull off plates. Yep. You got three inches on me, man. <laughs> yeah. Like your femurs are way longer. Right. You should be pulling off blocks. Like it right. makes way more sense. Right. But yeah. I, I think that ego gets in the way. Yeah. And it, and it, and for some, it's an ideology too. And anytime that you attack that, you know, they're automatically mm -hmm. offended, right? Like I'm sure that people are going to be offended from, you know, what we're just talking about right now, you know, mm -hmm. is, is not, is not pulling from the floor. So, you know, at, at, at some point, you know, you gotta, you gotta weigh, you know, like, is there that much of a difference from pulling the, from the floor than pulling from maybe a two inch, a two inch elevation or three yeah. inch elevation, wherever you're at, um, you know, like, look, you're still lifting the same amount of weight. Um, you're probably in a better position mm -hmm. and you're more efficient, um, and you're not in as much pain. Um, so still the same movement pattern, too. still, still the same movement pattern. Yeah. And so, you know, and if you want to measure angles and, and go as deep as doing that, go ahead, knock your, knock yourself out. But at the same time, man, like, you know, 
we gotta we gotta realize that I think that the reason that we all train, or the reason that we should be training, is so that we can move better, be stronger, and uh, do that longer. Right? Is that longevity aspect? So if we're just like if we have these empty goals of, you know, well, you know, man, I just want to get to a 315 pound deadlift. Right? It's like, man, you know, we gotta we got to dig a little bit deeper than that and then find out how we're going to get there. When did you have that moment of like, uh, cause I know for a, like, there was a long period of time where do, and like, I think of like some of this, I don't regret it because it taught us a lot, but we did a lot of stupid shit in the gym. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of really great coaches that, that went through periods of time of just doing things wrong or doing things yep. too aggressively or just ignoring biofeedback and the signals of your body. Mm-hmm. But I think it teaches you a lot. But there's a certain point in time where people kind of shift. And I've kind of gotten waves. Like, I, I had a big shift where I started focusing more on longevity and, like, okay, like, I want to look good, but, like, how do I feel, right? And then I got back to, like, my old ways of being too aggressive. And then it, like, beat me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was actually happened again when I had surgery in February last year. That's when it, like, clicked with me again of, like, dude, I need to, like, rethink everything. Right. Like, what am I doing? And now, like – I get more, and this is actually a really good point on the form tip that you said, like a lot of people are so focused on uh, load on the bar and volume that it's all junk volume. Like it's not quality reps. So you're not getting the most out of it. And I would have somebody consider that if you put 300 pounds in the bar with shitty form, what if you could put 200 pounds and get just as much value from a muscular perspective, like a movement efficiency and in, in like a hypertrophy perspective? Are you lifting as much? Does it increase your one rep max as much? Maybe, maybe not, but you're not aching. Your recovery's better. Your nervous system's not as fatigued, and you're going to be able to do it longer. And I think for me, like, after that surgery, man, I started really, like, paying attention to, like, even filming my squats, filming my deadlifts, filming everything, and looking at everything and being like, how does this look? Like, and what would I tell a client if they were doing this? And it, most times it was like, I would tell them to go lighter, and I would tell them mm-hmm. to be more efficient. And I started working on that, and I feel so much better, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So even just, I mean – from the time that I start training, I lace up my shoes. Everything is everything is different. Mm. Um, how I prep for uh, how I prep for a specific movement, um, and a lot of it has to do with with motor control, man. And this is where I think that you know uh, I've learned a lot from you know just past experiences, like you talked about. Um, you know, instead of just jumping right into a training session and doing like explosive jumps and using that as a as a primer yeah um you're not going to get away with that for too long and what are you priming for that right exactly so um and i i had a back injury too man and that's a that's a shitty thing to that's a shitty thing to go through um and then you have to you know develop uh you have to develop new patterns and or i should say you have to develop you have to re you have to start back at square one mm-hmm. to develop that pattern over again, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like, all right, when I when I think about it that way, building on that foundation is never a bad idea. So if I'm prepping for a squat, if I'm if I'm prepping for a a, a heavy squat, um, in my movements, I might go, you know, I'll, I'll pick four four to five exercises, and I'll just run through like maybe three to four times and I'll just start like with body weight and then I'll go kettlebell squat. And then every time I go through, I'll ramp up the weight in the kettlebell squat and then I'll add in different fillers. Okay. What do I need? So I know I'm back squatting, right? I I need some thoracic extension. Okay. So I'm limited there. So let's, let's prep that as well. Um, so 
I'll throw those into the mix and then I'll just run through it. So my nervous system is getting prepped. Sometimes I'll move from, you know, a a 52 pound kettlebell to then going explosive uh, squat jumps um, and and, uh, prepping that way. So there's not, it's not just like, because I have kettlebell squat there, that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that I'm going to do, right? I might do a, a, a kickstand rock back to, you know, to hit the adductors. I might do dead bugs, right, to prime the hip flexors and uh, uh, help with stability of the hips and, and the trunk. And then, um, you know, I might add in a, an explosive jump in the, next, uh, in the next round. And then by the time I get to that squat, right, I'm ready to go, mm. right? Everything is loose, right? My, I, my body knows what it's, it's about to do. Um, so when I get under the bar, I feel so much better. Yeah. And the, the major difference for me is that when I, when I do that, I notice that even if I do, right, because there's always going to be, whenever you're underneath a, a, a barbell, there's always going to be room for error, yeah. right, because it's a, you're essentially in a fixed position. It's not like a kettlebell or or dumbbells or anything like that to where you can manipulate, you know, your position a right. little bit more, right? So sometimes things happen, right? Um, and and you might you might feel a little bit something in in, uh, uh, in your lower back. Um, and so, uh, but what I notice is that if I don't prep, if I just kind of try to speed through it, that that inflammation is going to stick around for me longer, right? And that just comes with with age. And, and, and by no means am I saying that I'm an old individual, right? I'm only 30 years old. But at the same time, that that inflammation wouldn't have stuck around as long as when we were training, yeah. you know, five years ago. Um, that shit would have been gone in like a week, right? Like if it's a, like if you really kind of messed up, it's going to stick around for a week, right? Yeah. Um, but now it's like, man, like even if it's just like a little tweak, it's, it might linger around for seven to, to 10 days, you know, not debilitating, but you might feel it when you do certain things. Yeah. Right. So, um, just it, it's, it, for me, it's that's, that's the big, that's the big change is that man, like, you know, how are you going to prevent that? Yeah. Right. These are the things that you can do. Um, and just, I mean, a ton of different stuff, man. I implemented a, a, a mobility class, um, uh, at vigor and, um, it continues to grow. Um, I mean, it seems like every week and constantly having, I have more people who come to me, uh, after a training session and be like, man, this has drastically improved the way that I'm training, the way that I feel, uh, the inflammation in my joints is like, man, you know, this dude, just the other day on, on Monday, uh, was talking about, um, he, uh, he did something to his knee playing, playing basketball. And he was like, man, that was years ago. He's like, man, I used to be in shape, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, man, I just haven't been able to, uh, you know, to kind of get back in shape. And he's like, my knee's been bugging me. And he's like, man, since I've been coming to the, the classes on a regular basis, he's like, dude, like, I feel stable. Like I can do, like, I have no problem doing a lunge or walking upstairs or anything. So it's just little things like that, that, that kind of create that compound effect. So, um, you know, and that, and so that's the big difference is, is how I've approached things and, uh, sort of the systems that I put in into place and not just for my clients, but kind of walking the walk for myself as well. I like that last word you said systems, because one of the things I was going to point out is, tracking and, and, and knowing what's going on creates awareness and that's the only way you're going to know 
if there is inflammation, if you don't feel good after a session, if that's what's making you feel fatigued, if you're training too hard, if you're not training hard enough. So like constantly seeking out feedback, you talked about reflection at the very beginning. Like if you're not constantly reflecting, and I think that's the power of having a coach or having a trainer is that you can actually constantly reflect. Cause I even remember for me, like when we had Blakely, it was like a period of time where business was picking up more than ever. And I just had a daughter and I literally, and you're going to laugh at this because you know the exact program. I literally started, uh, you remember Built for, it was either Built, Built for Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I started that literally at that point in time. And I think it was like a very early midlife crisis. of mm-hmm. like, fuck that. Like, I'll push through. That program, you're doing five days a week, full body of like all 85 to 95%. Like literally in the one to five, like the most neurologically draining yeah. program. But I, <laughs> it popped up on my on like T nation's homepage. And I was like, man, I remember that program. I got such great results on that. Forgot that I was 19 years old, had no responsibilities, slept nine hours a night, like totally different situation. And I literally was like in a state of depression after a few weeks. And I'm like, I have a beautiful daughter, successful business. I'm happy. Like, why do I feel so shitty every single day? Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's just training. It has to be like, I'm just going way too fucking hard. Right. So I shifted gears and I felt dramatically better. But if you don't have awareness, understand these things, you'll never pick up and, and be able to improve them or do the right things. And now I know like how much I can push my limits of like the neurologically taxing right. stuff. Um, and there's no RPE in that, <laughs> in that program. No. It's like, just go out. Yeah. Um, but one thing I was going to ask you about this whole topic is like, how do you make that exciting for clients? Like the fact that you have a jam-packed mobility class right. is like so fucking cool because there's so many people that won't commit the time to it including myself one it i remember doing it with you excuse me with you in person it's a lot easier because it's more engaging right so it is more difficult when you're just doing it on your own but how do you like switch things up and get people into it and make them understand the importance of this because the fact that you're convincing so many people to slow down lower the weight, focus on form Granted, they're all getting better results because of it. So obviously it works. But like the buy-in is the hardest part of that. The buy-in is hard. So I've been doing it for a while. At first, there was was a decent amount of people. I would say like, you know, the first week I probably had like, so I do do a Monday and a Wednesday. Um, It used to be just once a week though. Yeah. So yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. So it used to just be once a week. Um, And there would be like, so I'd say the first couple classes, anywhere from like 10 to like 15 people. And then after that, like it was like on a regular basis, I'd get like two to three people. Mm-hmm. My clients. Yeah. Right. Like nobody else. Just my clients. Like you're like, you have to come to this. <laughs> right. And then it and then it was like, um, you know, there, there was a few different variables, just other coaches kind of just sharing it on their story. And just even them learning because they're like, man, like what the fuck is that? Right. And yeah. then like, you know, what are they doing? And then, you know, they share it. And then, you know, other people are, like, asking me about it. And then I talk to them and be like, man, this is why we're doing these things. This is how I pro- I actually program that as well. Mm. So it's not like, you know, how, how, uh, how team trainings um, and how we run it is, you know, every day is a different, a different program, right? So with my mobility class, I, have a f- I do it in four weeks. So we're doing the same two days. For four weeks um and then from there uh you know then we then we switch it up but then you know i i'm, I'm also coaching them through how to progress 
right? Like how to regress, how to ramp up intensity and stuff like that. So a lot of it is education based, but more of it is, is I think the message that I kind of uh, promote um, and it's, it's almost subliminally, right? Because, you know, I, I like to talk about and, and make it relevant so people can relate to it as well as like, you know, like, Hey man, you guys are only here a few hours a week. Yeah. Right. Like I want this, this training session or these exercises to enhance the experience for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether you know, your thing is work. If you actually really love going to work every day and like not doing anything else or, you know, going on vacations, traveling with your family, uh, playing extracurricular sports, right? Dude, like sleeping and walking. Yeah, exactly. Sitting. Right. And <laughs> that's, that's literally been some of the feedback that I've gotten. Like mm-hmm. I can walk down steps without my back hurting yeah. and without going sideways. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it, again, like when, when I put it to people like that, I think that you know, it's, you know, it, it kind of slowly there's, you know, I plant the seed and I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. Like, I just want to be stronger and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And then they really start noticing the difference. Like, wow, like I'm waking up and I'm not in pain. Yeah. Right. I'm deadlifting and I'm not in pain. I'm squatting and I'm not in pain. Right. I'm jumping and I'm not in pain. So then it's like, okay, there's something to it. Yeah. So then slowly starts to come up and people ask me, Hey, can I bring my friend? They got this going on. I'm like, Hey, you know, sometimes I even have to be like, hey, like, I, I don't know that everybody is going to benefit the same way, yeah. right? Because it's not specific to the individual, mm-hmm. right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. This could be a, uh, you know, an effect of, of training like this, but at the same time, I'm not going to promise that result. So I just want you to know that, right? So just, um, you know, and I think people really respect that as well. So, um, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, there's so many different variables, but, um, you know, and, and just how I teach classes, you know, like I just watching Martin Rooney so many times and understanding that every time that you're in front of people like that, it becomes a performance. Mm-hmm. So that was like my biggest takeaway from him ever. Yeah. And so for me, you know, he's, he's the motivation guy, right? For me, I'm kind of, uh, like a, a clown sometimes like I like to joke around and make people laugh right I think that laughing is something that man anybody can benefit from yeah so I try to make people laugh during training sessions and and stuff like that too so especially if I man if you come into the gym and I see that you're fucking like you know the whole woe was me thing is going on and you're pouting and you know (laughs) your shoulders are forward and you're you're looking down I'm gonna pick you out and you know I'm gonna make you laugh Mm -hmm. so that's just um, and I, th- that's probably part of it as well. So, I mean, there's, there's, I can't pinpoint one, you know, specific thing, but there's, there's a ton of different variables that go into it. I think a big thing that stands out to me too, is just the consistency. Like, I think it's, it's a cool word for everything you're talking about because with mobility, it is one of those things where like, you're doing these movement oriented stuff and it, it has to be like, Hey, like just trust me and be patient and be consistent. And I promise you very soon you're going to be feeling amazing. Right. And then it becomes easier to build muscle, easier to lose fat, easier to get stronger because you feel better, but it takes time. Right. And then the other side of that is, is I remember you starting that class once a week on Wednesdays at 5 PM years ago. Like I was there and, and to see that it's like, it just kept going and growing. It's so cool because me and Travis were talking about it yesterday in a podcast. Somebody asked a business question of like, how do you, how do you stand out in such a crowded industry? And I was like, honestly, don't worry about standing out. Just provide value and just, right. just be consistent. Like, like fall in love with the craft, right? Like, 
he was talking about, I remember you being my roommate posting all this shit about like online coaching and all these things you did. And I just kind of ignored it. Like it was like, whatever, like my roommates doing this shit. Five years later, you're still just fucking every day, the same fucking thing, but just at a better quality right? because you match that craft. Um, and speaking of which we were talking about the, the 10,000 hour rule, right. Yep. For mastery. And I calculated the hours of, uh, training people in the gym and then studying for the last however many years. And I literally lowballed it. Cause I was like, there yeah. was days where I studied for four or five hours, but yeah. I just put two hours a day, five days a week. And then gym six days a week, this many hours and stuff like that. And I was at like 17.5 thousand hours. And it was like, it makes sense. Like things picked up and, and I started really seeing the the fruits of my labor after that 10,000 hour mark. And it's crazy that that's actually a thing, but dude, I mean, for so many years, we were just in the gym every day, just yeah. obsessed with it. And I think that's the secret. And yeah. And, and, you know, to, to piggyback off that is, uh, you know, it's a, it's an old, uh, it's an old term, but you know, uh, deliberate practice, mm -hmm. you know, like 10 out, 10,000 hours doesn't mean shit unless you're learning the lessons and, and you're going through the experiences, you're walking the walk. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can, you can have a job, you can be a personal trainer, um, or whatever you want to call yourself in this industry. But if you're not, if you're not engaged and, uh, you know, you're not, you're not constantly learning, you're not learning from your own experiences, seeking the education, communicating with your clients, learning from them, learning from your own fuck ups, um, you know, then that 10,000 hours doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So it's how you approach that 10,000 hours. Right. 100%. So, um, and I would even say like, don't even, don't even focus on the amount of time because you just calculated that. Yeah. Yeah. I never did. Before. Right. So a lot of people now, because how many people on Instagram are talking about 10,000 hours They're of mastery counting up to 10,000. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now people are going like, and then they get to a certain point and you see it all the time. Um, whether you want to or not, but I certainly do is people will stop after a certain amount of time because I guarantee, man, it, it just, it gets debilitating when you're like, damn, I've been in this, I've been doing this for a year consistently, mm -hmm. seven days a week, right? Just grinding and like another 10 years of that. Yeah. Like, whoa. Like, no, like people can't even wrap their head around it because they're thinking so short term that it's like, man, I need this immediate, you know, effect, man. Like, you know, I'm, but they don't see like the little wins too. You know, like I remember when I first started coaching, at Vigor, like I was, I was making like nothing, mm -hmm. you know, like I really wasn't making that much money because it's performance based. Like, you know, I could have easily been like, man, like, you know, I'm going to go try to find somewhere else. Vigor was still an established platform at that point when I started coaching. So, you know, I could have went somewhere else and been like, put that on my resume and maybe worked for a salary mm -hmm. and got more money immediately. But man, like nothing beats that, nothing beats that grind of, 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 you know, being performance based. And, and, you know, it's, it, I guess it's more so, uh, more or less that, that entrepreneur mindset as well, right? Yeah. Like if you have a goal of you want to run a business one day, uh, or, or you want to build on the business that you're currently running, like you kind of have to have that mindset, right? Like not every, not every day is going to be the same shit fluctuates, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, um, well, you got to fall in love with the process, not the end result. Exactly. Right? I think a lot of people are so focused on what's going to come because of it. It's the same thing like being a go-giver. Like you're giving without expectation. You should be enjoying the process without expectation. Like 
we were training people in learning program design and going to seminars and investing our own time and money, not because we thought it was going to make us money. We, we were like, this is going to make us better at what we do. This right. is going to like, like create that mastery. Yep. So like you said, the 10,000 hours are important because that's reps, but it's about the quality of those hours. Right. You know what I mean? I wasn't busy counting how many hours I was putting in yeah. because I was busy learning and like right. just, just grinding and grinding and grinding and taking in as much information as possible. Um, and I think that's key, man. Like, and, and here's what I'll ask you is because I do think like you're a good epitome of like showing like loving the process because I've never seen a point in time where you've like considered like neither one of us like considered stopping or doing something else because right. we just love what we do. Um, I've what, considered doing something else in addition to, but yeah. But like you're not going to leave fitness. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so, no. so what motivates you like in general? Like what keeps you – what keeps you just – plugging away and doing things because I, I get that question all the time and like I think it's a really because I want you to go deeper than this because I know it's a similar answer for you my daughter but it's like well of course but like what else like what is like the bigger meaning better because there's a lot of people who have kids that aren't motivated they right. wake up every morning they're like fuck right I don't want to do this um it's a hard question to answer it, it is and I think because it I, it's it's almost like you know I could go on forever but uh I would say that it's it's really it's legitimately the impact that you know I've had on on people, um, and there's different ways that you know you can go about that in this industry, right? You're really great at nutrition, you know, and I consider you probably one of the best in the uh, in the industry, um, you know. So for me, it's you know I'm not crazy. I don't go as nearly as deep as you when it comes to nutrition. I'm very basic when it comes to that, right? Um, but for me, it's, and like I talked about before, is is being able to give the people um, a, a tool, which is their body, right? Kind of allowing them to reclaim that and seeing uh, the, the, the compound effect that that has on the rest of their life. Mm. And it's not even something that I, I've never once asked somebody, how has this improved? And I probably should just from yeah. a testimonial standpoint. But my, my point being is that, you know, when, when you, when you have that effect on somebody, they, they naturally come to you and, and tell you about what's going on in their life. Yeah. So it's having those conversations that's like, and, and man, like I've definitely been through the ebbs and flows of, of uh, of being motivated and, and, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's just like what we talked about with training. Um, so remembering, and it's almost like when you, when you have that thought or, you know, for a couple of days or a week or whatever, however long somebody always comes, it's, it's almost like, it's like perfect timing. It seems like it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, somebody will always come and tell you, and that's what I love about the face to face coaching thing too, is that, you know, somebody will always come up to you and tell you how much, They've, they've been impacted by, by the training and, and just from a few hours a week and, and, you know, how they appreciate how much knowledge that, uh, that you have tamed, of, obtained over the years and implemented and practiced. And, you know, when they see them, when they see you doing it yourself, um, it, it, it's powerful because they're like, okay, you know, I can trust this person. So the feeling that I get from that is like, man, like, you know, you could have easily done something else and not had that much of an impact on, on people like a real something that really, uh, uh, 
you know, makes a difference in their life. So, and for me, I think that it can, it, it, it resonates with me so well because, you know, I used to be an athlete. I used to be a competitive athlete, like, like disgustingly competitive. And still to this day, you know, like I hate fucking losing. So if I were to lose the ability to man play with my daughter mm-hmm. or my nieces and nephews and, you know, if my travel experiences, um, you know, going to see the world and, and, you know, going on ridiculous hikes, you know, I went on a, uh, uh, I went hunting, um, this last September and like put in like 50 miles, uh, in five days, right. Damn. Of just constant elevation gain and, and, uh, uh, and decline. So, and I'm just going up and down, up and down. I got 50 pounds on my, on my back and like just beat to shit but i also had the time of my life so if i wasn't able to do those things yeah because my body couldn't keep up but i had it in my mind that i wanted to do that like i would be in a i would be in a fucked up place people wouldn't won't don't even consider the experiences they can have because they're not ready you know what i mean it right. doesn't even get on their radar because so they don't like yeah, comprehend it right they're, they're just thinking ready. that man like i this is what i have today mm-hmm. and you know like man, like I'm not really thinking. And again, it's kind of that short-term thinking, right? But like, man, like I'm thinking about when I'm 60, 70 years old, my dad's 70 years old. I see him all the time. And and sometimes it's a struggle for him to to get upstairs without a handrail, right? Just because of his knees and he's had a knee replacement, you know, and he's climbing up there in age. But then you see other 70-year-olds mm-hmm. who can fucking, you know, do triathlons and, Dude, and weird, shit like that. We're just know? at... Uh Unfortunately, my aunt's funeral up in Port Angeles a few weeks back, and this guy named Olaf, and uh, I can't remember his wife's name. They're from Hungary, and they're, like, my grandfather's, like, best friends from back home. Um, And it was my grandfather's daughter that passed away, my mom's dad. And they just got back from a five-day backpacking trip in the Alps, like, and then came over. And it was, like, and they're... My grandpa's 80, so they're, I think they were 79 was the lady, and I think the dude was 82. Like, crazy. And yeah. They don't look that old. Yeah. But it just, like like you said, like, they've been just backpacking and doing, like, they, they don't train, but they've been doing some form of physical activity for years and it's years It's all about years. how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Training is training, especially yeah. the body. The body's stupid. It's just, it's, yeah. if you're challenging your movement capacity, you're challenging your muscular system, you're going to adapt. You're going to stay right. fit and do things. Um, I, and I think honestly, I, I really think that awareness is such a valuable, I don't even know if that would be a characteristic or a skill to have, but something people should be practicing. Cause those clients that do notice those things, it's because that they have two things. They have enthusiasm and awareness. They have enthusiasm of what you're teaching. So they'll accept it because we all know those clients that we try to teach and teach and teach, and they just are unaccepting of it because again, they're so focused on the end result, not the process that they ignore what they could be taking away from it. But those clients that give you your, their patience and enthusiasm to learn, those are the clients that have awareness around, man, this is improving in my life. Like right. I, I got a raise and I, I think I, I relate it indirectly to training because I feel better. I'm more confident. I'm moving you have faster. to have a different mindset when you train. Yeah. And, yeah. and that carries over to everything, which is actually this is perfect. Cause this is one of the questions I really wanted to ask you today. Uh, it could be one specific thing. It could be three, it could be five, but like the biggest lesson or lessons that training has taught you has nothing to do with training, but like the biggest lessons from training. Cause I think like the iron game, if you want to call it like teaches you so much, man. Like I, I think the person I am today is because I got into fitness and started training. Right. Um, and it just, it, it teaches you so much about life. 
I mean, just just based on what we were just talking about, I would I would have to say that that that's it. Is that training is is not for me. It's not just uh, at, at first when I got into it. You know, I wanted to be 200 pounds and sub 10% body fat, and I started that goal at 150 pounds and sub 10% body fat. Right, I was just a skinny motherfucker. <laughs> so. Um, you know, for me, I wanted, I wanted, it was, it was an aesthetic goal, right? Yeah. I wanted to be strong. I knew that I had to be strong in order to get there, um, naturally. Um, and so for me, you know, it was at first it was that, and then it evolved into, you know, in, 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 in some ways it was a gift that, that I got hurt. Um, and then I realized like, okay, there's different things you know, that, that matter, not just being, not just being big. So, and that's where, you know, I'll piggyback on what we were just talking about is like, man, like I want to, uh, I want to focus more on, on, on longevity. And even again, even though I'm young. So for me, that's been the most valuable lesson is thinking in the long term and setting long term goals instead of that, that, the, uh, that short term and just going for the shining light or, you know, wherever it might be pop up, you know, staying focused on, on what it is that, that I really want to do out outside of the gym, right. And, and, uh, having those, uh, those experiences. So, um, I would say that that's probably, there's, there's so many, you know, other than that, um, you know, I would just say, uh, resilience. I mean, it's, it's Mm -hmm. taught me how to be more resilient and, and not just in my body, but in my mind, when when you know shit hits the fan, sometimes it feels like the whole world is kind of just coming at you at one time, and and you know that that anxiety builds up. But like, you know, sometimes you know, and you've 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 gone through training sessions. I know for sure that we've gone through training sessions where it's like, man, are we even gonna be able to do this? Yeah, you know. So or you read it on the whiteboard and you're like, come on, bro. right? And then when you <laughs> then when you conquer it. Yeah. Then it's like, man, okay, like I might not do that exact same thing again, but this this so this is my this is how I'm gonna go about it. But you've ingrained that in your brain through that experience. So now when you go through other things that might, you know, seem tough mm-hmm. that you're like, Okay, well there is there's something else at the end, right? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get through it and and when you do, you're like, All right, reflect take that lesson right extract it and learn from it um and 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 keep pushing forward it teaches you so much patience man like patience commitment and and yeah just being able to stick with like the same focus you know what i mean because even building muscle like you came in you're like i want to get this point so like it's gonna take you a year yeah let's go let's do it yeah you fucking bench pressed every day. Yeah, <laughs> like, I bench press every day. <laughs> you bench press so every day, dude. But like, I, I, to the point where people did not believe that I could bench press what I was bench pressing. Yeah, you got up to and like you know, what, three three sixty. That's crazy. Three sixty at two hundred and like five pounds. Yeah, you know. So I mean, there's a lot more people out there who can do a lot more. But for me, like. Dude, I remember being, arms too, so. I remember being a skinny motherfucker in basketball practice and, you know, in the weight room and people being like, dude, like making jokes, yeah. you know, like, dude, like, you know, you know, we'll go to McDonald's, I'll get you a hamburger, yeah. right, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like almost died under 95 pounds one time um, as a freshman. 
And then I remember seeing my coach uh, who just got done playing uh, overseas, and he was strong. He's a fucking man, you know, and he's benching 315 for like eight, right? Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do that one day, Yep. you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just just little things like that. And, I, and to actually, I, I think a big um, – but it kind of ties into the longevity thing, but – um, and I don't speak about it a lot, especially on my, my Instagram. I almost never um, on social media is nutrition, mm. right? Um, but I've learned a lot about nutrition, specifically for myself, um, because I, when I was bulking and, you know, and, and getting to that 200 pounds, like at some points, I mean, I remember like doing a refeed day because you were doing my nutrition at that point, Um Krispy Kreme and shit. Dude, I had I yeah, I had ridiculous I had ridiculous days, but yeah. like my gut health also suffered yeah. from that. Yeah. Um so now it's I've learned to again be more aware about what my body likes, what it doesn't like, right? Yeah. Just because my stomach might not be bothering me, what are what are the other yeah. uh indicators, right? Like like does your skin break out like if I eat eggs, right? Yeah. Just as an example, my stomach doesn't kill me every time, yeah. but my my skin might break out and a little bit. And that's a sign for inflammation in the body. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you have to learn about these things. So that's been another valuable lesson because, man, like if your gut health isn't in check and you're constantly, you know, uh, you know, in inflammation um, or uh, excessive yeah. inflammation, um, that can be detrimental. Yeah. And that longevity factor is not going to – is not even going to be relevant if you, you know, if you continue to ignore that. Right. You can train. You can move phenomenal. Right. Like everything could be like you, you could not be in pain after you train. But if your gut health is fucked and your nutrition isn't on point. Yeah. And 50 percent of the time, half the time you're eating bullshit. Uh, man, I'm sorry. Like you're 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 going nowhere fast. I think that's like the problem with if it's your macros, it's kind of like junk volume, right? Like we're talking about, you can do a bunch of volume, but if your form is horrible, you're not targeting the right muscle. You're not going to grow. You're just going to be in pain. Yeah. If you have enough calories, you'll grow. But if you're eating shit and your guts all fucked up, it's not going to help. Like you can get more out of less if you do it the right way. Yeah. But I think like for me, like I definitely agree with the resilient. I think uh, like that's taught me a lot. And I I think there's value to doing some stupid shit in the gym because of that. Like (laughs) I remember sessions of, Doing like, all right, we got 20 rounds of weighted prowlers on the turf. And you're like, dude, fucking, that's like 2,000 yards. Like, what are we doing? And then you get to 20 and it's like, fuck that, 21, do 21. Fuck that, 22. Michael Jordan, 23. Kobe, 24. And we're just doing – and like I remember pulling over the freeway and puking on the way home because I had a long drive home after that shit. Or 20 rep back squats. Like, nobody likes that shit. But sometimes you got to go through that sometimes because it teaches you. And I think that resiliency is huge. I also think awareness is massive, man. Like just all the stuff you're saying, like over the years of like tracking what I'm doing in the gym, tracking my nutrition, uh, it, like seeing how my body changes, seeing how my performance changes, monitoring my sleep has just taught me how, how important it is to be aware and take note of what is going on so you can actually change it. Yeah. Cause even now, like to this day, like I wake up and I rate, like, what's my motivation today? Like, what am I going to do today? Who do I need to lead today? How, who am I going to connect with today? And at the end of the day, it's like, how did I feel about, uh, like I have this journal prompt and it's like basically how, how clear did I feel on my vision today? Like how aligned with that vision was I, how energetic was I? And you start to notice like the other day I had like twos and threes and I was like, fuck man. Like I wasn't energetic. I wasn't on fire. I wasn't putting on that performance as Martin Rooney would say. Mm-hmm. And it makes you realize like, fuck, what do I need to do? Like what happened in my day? How was my sleep the night before? 
And and then you can start tying things good, which is funny because it was the night after Shannon had all the girls over for the bachelor and I didn't I slept like shit because I could hear him like screaming and chilling downstairs. Got like what? five hours of sleep. Oh bro, it's like had a ba- bachelor night. Trav's girls over there every time. Monday night, dude, I got a bunch of ladies downstairs to step watch Bachelor. Oh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tripping. I was like, uh, is there something I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> got an interesting relationship, bro. Yeah, okay. Okay. No. no. Uh, to step watch Bachelor? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, no. if you tell her, she'll be coming over too, I guarantee you. <laughs> tell her there's wine and cheese boards if she, yeah, no <laughs> she might be in. But, uh, but yeah, that shit. Like, but point being is like, like I – I have this weird thing where, like, one, I can hear him downstairs, but two, like, I, whenever I'm, like, alone in my bed, like, I'll wake up and be like, oh, yeah, shit, she's downstairs, and, like, fall back asleep because I, like, trip out, but if she's there, bro, like, we'll go upstairs and go to lay down. She's like, you want to watch TV? I'm like, yeah, lay down. I'm out. Yeah. But if she's not there, I'll stay up, but yeah. point being is, like, <laughs> I slept shitty, and then the next day, I had poor performance in my life, yeah. but if it wasn't for me sitting down before I went to bed and looking at my journal and rating these things, I wouldn't have been aware of, like... Man, sleep is important, and now I value sleep, and I really take care of my sleep, and and it's times like these that remind me to keep doing that because I'll get in the bad habit of being like, fuck it, I'll grind, I don't care, like right. I'm an I'm one of those like one percenters that right. has anomaly and can get away with three hours yeah. and not, yeah, no, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> nobody's like that, you just think it is, yeah. So I think that awareness factor is uh is unbelievable. It's taught me so much in my life of of everything, man, just like relationships, friendships, uh, mindset, like. I think if if not for aesthetic reasons, like if you if you don't if you're listening, you don't have a goal of of losing fat or looking better, like which I do think is valuable because you will have confidence on those things. Do it because like that consistency creates work ethic in your life, and you will be better at everything else you do if you train hard. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I I love I love training for the vehicle that it is, um, not necessarily as the end all be all mm-hmm. to you know my life because. It's not, and I have, I actually have no problem skipping a, uh, a training session or going off of, you know, the, the agenda yeah. yeah, or the program, um, you know, simply just by, if, if, if there's something that is more, uh, you know, enticing to me as far as like value to my life, um, you know, like again, like, you know, I went hunting, I like, I didn't train for, I didn't train for a, a whole week. Um, you know, so just things like that. Or, uh, you know, if I'm traveling, I don't need to find a place with a squat bar. You know, I can, I've done stuff on the beach. I've done stuff, you know, in, in my hotel room. Um, so there's, there's so many different ways that again, for me, it's, it's enhancing the experience of life. And so, uh, and, and having my daughter really kind of brought that out in me because I want to be able to you know, take her places and, and, and travel with her. And even now, you know, I, 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 uh, I just started doing this, um, is, is, is taking her out. Uh, I got to switch the days now, but every Friday, um, to just go hit a different ice cream spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, in this new neighborhood that we're in. So, um, just bouncing around, hitting new spots, but like, I want to be able to, uh, you know, spend and cherish that time with, with my family, with my friends, whatever it is, uh, that we're doing, man, like, again, like movement has been my life. So if I was to lose that, um, you know, I would, I would have a major struggle with identity. Right. Yeah. So that would, those, all those things, you know, like, it's not like, you know, life would end, 
but you know you obviously you have to figure out from there but quality of life would drop significantly though. exactly exactly you know if, if you can't move so but that's um, what's wild to me too is like people and i even caught myself doing this like you like spend a ton of money on a on a car in premium gas but you won't invest in like your own gas right. tank and in your own set of wheels so right. to speak and i think yeah. like it's such a cheesy analogy of like do you treat your car like a ferrari or a fiat or uh not yeah, the easy fiat. on the fiat, i know bro. but no <laughs> you, remember, you remember that video i made from mind versus muscle uh it wasn't a fiat it was a was it a ford fiesta Sorry if anybody goes uh, to this the Ford Fiesta. There was a car that I was comparing to I would, a Ferrari. I would say, I would say fucking Fiat's a, a Fiat shit. would work because yeah. you don't put premium gas in a Fiat, yeah. do you? No, hell no. Ferrari, you're probably going to put – I don't yeah. put premium in my truck either. Right. But <laughs> point being is like people ex- spend all this money on like material things like that and they won't invest their time and money into the, the things that actually – it's like your vehicle for life. Right. You know what I mean? Like I don't care how nice your watch is or your car is. Like if you feel like shit, you move like shit, you look like shit, you act like shit, your energy is shit. You can't go do cool experiences. I mean, even something like the hunting, man. Like, I'm a very fit person. I would be fucking nervous if you were like, yo, come on a backpacking hunting trip. That's yeah. 50 miles. I'd be like, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Give me six months. <laughs> like, let me yeah. prep. But point being is like, some people it's just like completely out of the picture. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I kind of, I kind of trained, for, I kind of trained for that because I knew that it was going to be, yeah. I knew that it was going to be rough. Um, and it wasn't going to be as easy as it might seem on, on YouTube or anything else like that. So yeah, people you like know, Cameron Haynes and shit. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I train, but even then, you know, he's been doing it since he was fucking young. So, um, you know, for me, it was, it was, how am I going to, how am I going to train for that? Um, and, and part of it was like, I was already mentally prepared because that's just how I think. Again, I'm competitive. So like I get to a certain point where nothing can defeat me mentally Mm -hmm. um so i was like man no matter what the conditions i actually went in uh i went again in december for late season and dude we're sleeping we're sleeping in like the warmest it got at night was seven degrees that was a warm night fuck and the average was like four degrees the coldest the coldest being three degrees guns or bow bow hunting okay yeah and then and then like we we had to uh we had to climb down into a a canyon and like at at the top there wasn't that much snow because there was a there was a bunch of winds right and the snow was really light so it was kind of just blown everywhere but as we get down dude there was like like at spots like i would take a step and like my hit i'd be hip deep in snow and then you got gear on you got your bow and you're you're climbing through that and then you know have to come back up i mean it took us it took us three and a half hours to go three quarters of a mile like as a crow flies right because you have to just so it's just it's just stuff like that but mentally you know like physically like man i was i was spent but that's that resilient factor too because like thinking about that's like i can't do that yeah yeah and to but you did to not know if you're gonna shoot anything, yeah. you know, like <laughs> you know, to be unsuccessful, yeah. which I was. Well, to me, I don't see it as unsuccessful because I, I got out there for the experience and like you know, I ex- I experienced uh, uh, a a really really tough time, something that I've never yeah. experienced before in my life. You know, I thought September was tough, but like December was the roughest simply because of of conditions. But um, yeah, I mean. Uh, it's it's just things like that that you know I was able to 
come out on top and be like, man, like I cannot wait for next year. Whereas man, like a lot of people might be like, man, like I'll probably never do that again. And there's certain things that, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, that that person's less or anything like that, because there's, there's other things that I might experience in my life where I'm like, okay, you know, I'll probably never do that shit again. You know, um, you know, just simply because I'm not engaged, but, uh, you know, I felt, it felt really good to, you know, to, especially to be out there with other people. And, and one of them was my clients, right? In December, he's a client of mine. He's really into, he's really into hunting as well. I went out with him and, uh, he was like, man, if I hadn't been training, he's like, there's no way I would have been able to make it through that. Like you would have had, to, <laughs> you would have had to climb to the top and drive into town. Cause we had no cell phone service. And he's like, man, you would have had to drive into town and, and, like, got somebody to come get me for sure. <laughs> he was like, dude, like, there's no way if I had not been trained that's that I would have been able to make dude. it through that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's a brutal trip, dude. Yeah, it is. But it's also, it's, you know, it's like, try. I know Travis did it, but, like, dude, it's, like, the most beautiful, oh, even if you don't even see an animal, bro. Yeah. In September, I didn't, see, I didn't see a goddamn thing for four days or until the fifth day. But just what I saw, what I experienced from the state that I grew up in, and things that I haven't seen, yeah. I was like, man, this is worth it. I could, I could go home today and be totally happy. Yeah, you know. And so that's, and again, that's where the training comes in for me is because you know I got to spots that, you know, like if I wasn't able to get to, it's like I would have never experienced that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's shit you can't ever replace, right? Man. Um, let's uh, let's jump into questions before we wrap this up. Uh, we had a few from some OG listeners. First one being uh, Karan Hawkins. How do you oh think the God. podcast industry has changed since you two started the podcast way back when? Um, I'll let you start because you've been a lot deeper into the podcast game. I think that it's, I mean, number one, it's obviously saturated. There's, I mean, there's tons of people. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad sense. There's just so much content being put out on the podcast world. Um, I think that it's also uh, more important because I think it's, it's a bigger marketing tool and it's a bigger, uh, it's a bigger source for people to like companies to actually use as like ad spend and stuff. So it's definitely become like a priority in business, but I also think along with that comes a drop in overall quality because I think there's a lot of people like I'll listen to podcasts and I'm like, God, you're, are you doing this on an iPhone headphone? Like I gotta turn this shit off. Like, or they're interviewing somebody and they're typing on the keyboard. You can hear them typing and it's just like, bro, like yeah. podcast etiquette, like right. be engaged in the conversation. So I think quality, like one of the things that has changed is like quality has to be high. Like I don't want to hear echoes in your voice. I don't want to hear like shit in the background. Like, and it doesn't take that much effort to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. Like we don't have like a big soundproofed bubble room with like crazy like mic blockers and stuff. And we started in a garage. Yeah. So at first you can't like completely control it. Yeah. But I think, like, as you evolve, you just need to step up to quality. Right. So I think, like, what's changed, I think there's just more out there. Um, I think there's – with that comes, like, higher quality, but then also less quality in some some realms. Um, and I just think it's more relevant. I think podcasting in general is just a more relevant tool for business. And I think when, when it gets saturated, you're going to have the quality plummet, mm-hmm. right, which leaves you room for opportunity. Yeah to separate yourself from the rest of the herd yeah right so um you know how might you deliver more value more quality um to your listeners even if it's only 10 listeners 100 listeners you know thousand whatever you got um you know it it allows you to 
to grow on that platform. And it's another tool, you know, to, uh, to grow your business, to position yourself, um, and, and to create content. So I think it's funny. Like when people are like, Oh yeah, but like nobody listens to it. And I'm like, you got two, two people. Yeah. yeah. That's two people's life that you could be having a positive effect on. Right. Or that could become clients. Like, yeah. And it's it, practice for you. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. How to organize your thoughts, how to organize yeah. content. Um, you Build know, confidence in what you're talking exactly. about. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um, Marty Marr. Ah, shit. Looking back when you guys moved, <laughs> that was the beginning of this. <laughs> Looking back when you guys moved on from the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, are your careers and lives currently where you expected them to be at? And then another, a second one for Theo. What's good with your boy Pogba? Oh, Pogba. Pogba, go blues. What's that? Uh, Paul Pogba. He plays for Manchester United. Oh, okay. I'm not going to even talk about it they're in fifth place right now so <laughs> we won't uh, that's all i'll say about that so uh looking back from then uh are your careers and lives currently where you expected them to be at um no but in a good way yeah. in a positive way um i did not uh i did it i did not expect to um you know, especially, you know, I just, I just bought a house. Um, and you know, it's a place that, uh, you know, my family can, uh, can grow. Um, and, uh, for me, I, I expected, uh, business to be a little bit different, but that's only because I didn't fully understand what it would be like to have that family dynamic. Yeah. Right. So I put a lot more emphasis uh, or a lot higher expectation on my business um, than I did, uh, you know, my family at that point, simply because of ignorance and just not yeah. knowing, you know, what the future might hold. So things, things changed, um, had to make uh, different shifts, but that's not to say that, like, I'm not happy with where I'm at. Um, I love what I do still. Um, and that's, that's going to continue, but I'm, I also took that time to, and right now I'm working on, I, and I won't say anything, but just working on a project for myself this year, um, that, uh, I'm, I'm super excited about. I, I hired a accountability coach, actually Andres. So I'm working with Andres. Um, and, uh, you know, so he's, he's, uh, kind of pushing me to, to do some things on, on the business end. Um, and just, uh, you know, I didn't expect, uh, really where my business has, has shifted as far as how I approach it, you know, like I expected to be, uh, a lot more busy and, and, and con you know, eight hours a day and blah, 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 for whatever I had, for whatever reason I had that, that expectation. Um, and now it's, definitely more focused on the quality of, of, of what I'm doing, um, and, uh, how I approach each client, um, which I'm not perfect at all, but, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, that's kind of been, um, that's kind of been the change is, is, uh, you know, I, my expectations were way more ambitious. I shouldn't say way more ambitious, but they were way different. And the fact that 
you know, I thought that I would be in a different place in, in my own personal business. I thought that by now I would have my own gym, yeah. um, you know, from when we started the podcast. Um, and, and, you know, now I'm, I'm still at Vigor, um, but because I made that choice too, not because, um, you know, I was like, oh man, like, you know, I got, I got a family. I can't do it. That's yeah. not, that's not the reason at all, but I think it's um, clarity. Right? Yeah, exactly. I think like, I could definitely say, I didn't expect us both to have kids and a family and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Like if you would ask me that while we recording in the, in the garage, I wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have a family and blah, blah, blah. So that's definitely changed. Um, I think that, you know, for me, it's kind of weird because I think at that point in time, I knew, but I didn't know. Like, I knew what I wanted, and this is what I wanted, but I don't think I understood what it meant to have it or to get there. I didn't really understand entrepreneurship. I didn't I didn't know when I was going to make a shift. I didn't know how early I was going to make a shift. Mm-hmm. So things have definitely changed, but, like, in a sense, I knew because I've always had the same plan, you know? Um, I just didn't, like you, I just didn't have clarity on what that actually looked like or what right. that meant. So I think things escalated uh, differently in my mind. Because um, there's even times now that I'm just like, man, I feel like just yesterday, like I was just like every fucking day just training people and I was with the crew and like I was living in Renton. And it's just like now I'm like married. I have a daughter. I, I live down south. We have like a completely different business model. So it's crazy to see how fast things can shift. But at the same time, like I always knew eventually that that was the plan. Like I always knew that I was going to go all online. I was going to have this own my own thing. Um, I think like anybody who, who has like a dream or like a vision, it's, it's really hard to truly understand like what it actually is like. That's why I always tell people like when you set goals, like try to really think about like who you need to become because exactly the, the person yeah. who has what you want is not the person you are right now. Yeah. And that's okay. Don't feel bad about it. Accept it. And like, try to think of like, who do I need to become to achieve that? So I think for me, I had to step up like really quick. Cause it was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, what am I doing right now that's not aligned with, right. with that person I want to be? Right. And it was just a ton of stuff. Right. And it was like my schedule, my habits, like my weekends. Like yep. there's just so many things I need to change and shift and learn. So, um, and I think like, I mean, having a daughter put a fire under my ass to be like, yeah, it's absolutely. now or never. So um, I definitely, yeah. I definitely woke up a little bit more as far as uh, uh, and, and developed more clarity, especially on the business end, because, you know, I thought that, I, you know, I was definitely ignorant to the fact of all the behind the scenes stuff that, that has to happen in order for you to have this, this gym. Right. So now, and for the last couple of years, that's been the meat and potatoes of what I've been studying is not just the, not just opening a business and looking for a place and saying, Hey, I want that one. This is the equipment that I want open the doors, let's go, right? There's a lot more shit that goes on behind it, especially if you want to scale it, mm-hmm. right? So that's been really what I've been focusing on more. So instead of taking a ready fire aim approach that I can now be prepared and do it in the right way. Um, and and again, not everything is going to go smoothly, but at least, you know, you have systems in place to where you, you can make that transition uh, a lot better. It's your foundation, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, you look at a house, it's not, it's not going to last very long if your foundation is shit. Yeah. I think it's funny. I, I've said this to, I can't remember who I was saying this on the podcast, but in the CrossFit world, it's more popular, but there's, there's some in like the functional training area too, where there's like companies that literally spend their time cr- like 
basically programming for gyms. So yeah. your 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 groups and your classes, your clients, yeah. you just buy the pro. And that, to me, I'm like, this is so backwards. Like, how are you even owning a gym if you don't know how to program? Yeah, like that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, um, I can understand working for a company. Like the company owns the gym and the company does the programming. There's coaches that run the programming. But to think that like you're a gym owner or a company that's hiring somebody else to do programming on an affiliate level, is just that's just weird to me. Like, so so in regards to that, because I've, I've had calls with people from all over the world of gym owners who ask have, that have asked me, like, yeah. man, like I have all this stuff. And it's kind of just what I was talking about. I got all these things to do behind the scenes. Like this is how much time I'm spending on programming for these, uh, for these people. Yeah. So it's more of a time. It's thing. more of outsourcing. it. It's like, man, I trust you. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, if they have the ability, I think that's totally right, fine. Right. Um, and, and I would just say like, too, like it, it, I mean, from a business perspective, I would get somebody on your team to take that role. Uh, or you delegate your time better so you can continue to do it. Cause right. there's been plenty of things along the way that I've had to stop doing in our business because I don't have the time to do it anymore. Right. But somebody else can fill that role for me and be within, you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, and I saw that you talked about that in San Diego, right? Just yeah. like outsourcing, you know, 100%. what you're, what it is that you want to do and, um, the things that you're good at. And, and that's huge. And I think for people like you have to list those things out and as your business grows, start outsourcing. Cause there's a lot of people that are like, okay, Hey, like I'm still broke trainer. I can't afford to do this. I'm like, that's fine. I couldn't either. But I knew as soon as I made enough to hire somebody to do this, that was the first thing off my list because right. then it opened time for me to do what I do well, which is right. coach. Um, okay. Uh, I think it's Jessica, but it's J-S-K-A. So Jessica. Uh, free resources for students trying to learn more about fitness and nutrition, articles, infographics, courses, et cetera. Can you, can you repeat that? Free resources for students trying to okay. learn more about fitness and nutrition. Um, I was actually just going to talk about this too. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not even going to get into books. There's just so many fucking books. But uh, I, I personally believe that like I think you should get certified just for legal purposes. Like go get a NASM cert or whatever. For nutrition, I really like Precision Nutrition, MNU, NCI. Like those are really good quality certifications. But I actually think the most valuable thing you can do is – if you're a trainer or a nutritionist, like hire a nutritionist or a trainer so you can experience what it's like to be coached. I think going to workshops, going to courses, going to things in person, which is hard for me to say which one to do because I don't know what's coming up. But I think right. those are the most – like things I look back on, like the most valuable things rarely were like, oh, I got this NASM certification. I have it. But the most valuable things were when I went to that three-day seminar and I networked with people and I met the speakers and we were did hands-on workshops and like I learned – practically right mm -hmm. like i think that's usually the most valuable thing to me so i i would agree with that um as far as free stuff because everybody oh, is handing out free yeah. shit these I days i guess that wasn't free. including you and and it's not a bad thing right so a lot of people will will say like oh man like you know I like the, I hate when the first thing that pops up is this free ebook because I know that they're going to sell me something on the back end, blah, blah, blah. And you know, this whole, this whole funnel thing. It's, it's not bad that you're being sold. It's bad if you're being, uh, conned into something, into a yeah. result and that there's no value there, right? Being sold is a good thing. It's a positive thing, right? So with that being said, there is so many free ebooks out there. Yeah. I, my daily emails is ridiculous.
ridiculous because yeah. I I subscribed to people's <laughs> newsletters yeah, and just way. got free ebooks on business, yeah. nutrition, training. It's free. Yeah, Learn it from in. it. Yeah. Take it in. Like yeah. they've literally done so much education, PhDs, right? Even people who haven't don't have degrees uh, who have done all of this studying for you yeah. and they've put it into an ebook or a PDF or whatever it is, they've they've they're putting it out for free. Yeah. So sign up for the newsletter and get it, read all the information, extract and, and put it into play. Yeah. Like that's if you're talking about free stuff, that's a that's a fucking solid way to learn. And, and that's how that's how I learned yeah, a lot. Me too. And and I guess like what everything I said is cost money because it's books and things like that. But which I is would agree. which is important. I think that you should be doing certifications. You, should, you made yeah. valid points, but you, you know, there's invest, a, there's a lot of free information out there. I mean, fuck, like this podcast. I mean, go to my website. We give away a free nutrition manual. It's like 80 pages. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like, and this is how a lot of marketing works now, is like, I actually don't pitch you on anything. I just give you the free ebook and you're on my newsletter and I'm just going to teach you stuff throughout the week. Yeah. And it's always just one of those things where it's like, if you need more help, you know what I do. Right. We fucking coach. Right. So just, just ask us. <laughs> right. Like, it's not yeah. like, buy this, buy this, buy this. Right. On sale this week only. Like, right. it's none of that shit. Um, no, but I think that's a really good point. Just, just going out. And I think just like use this tool called Google. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, Hey, can you tell me? And it's like, I literally spent years just Googling topics that I would be interested in and just looked for reliable sources or studies or whatever it may be. And then I would just read. Right. right? And I would just learn or I'd watch YouTube videos and shit like that or find yeah. podcasts like this. Like, I think that's so important. Um, last question is from, uh, James Cross. Where do you guys see yourselves in the fitness industry in five years? That's a hard question. Um, I, part of me think, honestly, I think I'm going to be doing the same thing, just more of it. Like, but I think that goes back to like not having clarity years ago. It's like just for me, it's like maybe having a little bit bigger of a team, you know, yeah. so we can help more people. Um, the quality of content will be higher. And we'll be putting out more. Mm. Um, but that's not limitless. You know what I mean? What am I going to put out a video podcast blog every single day of the week? Like it's impossible. Right. So I think for me, it's just like quality of, of coaching, quality of, of my team and quality of content is just going to be higher. So we're just going to be my, my real goal is honestly just to be a, a, a more reputable company in the industry. Just like really put my foot down in the cement and just place it there. So in a decade, like I'm one of the OGs like the people I look up to that I was reading books from, you know, eight years ago. Um, and I think that just doesn't really come from anything different. I think it just comes from reps of doing what I'm doing right now. The only thing I think would change is like, I, I might speak more cause I love speaking at events. Um, whether it's like a training seminar or it's a business convention, which it's funny. Like I had one this month got canceled cause of Corona and I had one in June canceled cause of Corona. So May not be speaking for a little while, but uh, point being is like in the future, I do see myself just doing more of that just because I like speaking on the stuff. Yeah. But no, I just think just continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So for me, um, uh, definitely have my own gym um, and really focusing the next five years on that. Mm. Um, and so like I don't expect myself to be speaking a lot. Um, you know, like I would definitely like to maybe like a couple times a year, um, you know, getting into, getting into that space, but like almost a hundred percent of my time focused. Yeah. That's a busy, focused on that. that's a busy time. Like when yeah. you start something big like that. Yeah. Yeah. And not even something that's, that's, 
that's crazy massive you know i don't have this if, if you haven't seen what vigor ground is now um it's a it's a pretty massive facility um i think it's like seven thousand training square feet yeah. you know uh definitely don't need anything like that um it is a it's a pretty amazing place it's kind of like disneyland for you yeah. know for coaches um it's but fucking huge now it's, <laughs> this is 2000 square feet yeah there's yeah. a lot of space right out there. there's a lot of space so um yeah seven thousand is is huge. is ridiculous um but uh you know like and not to say that i'm not ambitious or anything like that but you know my focus is more on uh you know again opening and scaling and providing as much value as i possibly can to each person that comes through that door um and it starts now you know so uh for me that's that's really where i see myself in five years is mastering the ability to be a small business owner um, in a physical location like that. Um, and, and that's it. Maybe speaking a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I, I really try to take as many uh, uh, experiences that are provided to me on a daily basis. I work with the team now um, because I've, I'm kind of have like the most seniority on the team. Mm-hmm. People kind of just naturally come to me about, you know, training and, and, uh, just different questions and stuff like that. So, and I really love connecting with, uh, the team on stuff like that and helping to educate them. So, um, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to, to having a team, uh, having a team like that. And, um, you know, I'd love to spend majority of my time again, doing, uh, doing the back end stuff and making sure that that runs smoothly. But man, like I really love, coaching coaches yeah um and and making sure that you know you know they they love what what they do and and hearing uh their goals and understanding them and helping them uh achieve those goals so um that's probably the most uh powerful thing for me for the next five years that that i could be doing i'm excited dude yeah yeah, dude it's good having you back on the podcast solid coming through here this is a crazy place yeah man so we're proud of you thank you man Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.